Hello and welcome to a very special episode of the BTC pod. This week we have a very first driver interview. Hello and welcome back. Um, finally we are back together for our new podcast and this week as you heard we're bringing you a special one. Uh, hopefully our sound quality will be back to normal now. Um, Pleased that everyone sort of like put up put up with it for the time that we were apart, uh, but from now on we should be all good. Indeed, yeah, we are allowed to meet at people's houses again. So with a socially distant studio, we are back up and running, uh, and no longer trying to record using Zoom, Google Meets, <laughs> Facebook, telephone, carrier pigeon, tin can and string, those kind of things. We're back into the single booth, which is great news. Yes, great news, uh, and great news to go along with that is a driver interview, our first one on the podcast. Um, we're very lucky to have been able to get this opportunity, really. Very much so. Um, Carl Bordley is going to be the guy that we've put our questions to on Instagram. Um, we direct messaged him, and he was very happy to uh, answer a couple of questions that we had for him. Um, and yeah. Yep, so this pod will be going through those 10 questions that we asked him, uh, discussing his responses and uh, having a, de- a debate, discussion about any of those uh, as appropriate. And as always, we'll round up the BTC news at the end of the pod, because uh, there has been some news. Yes, um, quite quite a bit of news. Um, a bit of breaking news, probably. Absolutely, absolutely. So we'll start off, though, with the interview itself. Uh, I will read the first question we posed, if you want to respond with the answer Carl yep. kindly gave to us. Uh, Carl obviously raised the team hard this year in the BMW 1 Series in a golden livery. Uh, so the first question we asked was, uh, question one, you're known mainly for the hot rod racing and for being very good at it, being a four-time world hot rod champion, but what made you want to make the switch to Ginetta's and then to the BTCC full-time? Uh, so he left the hot rod seat scene having won all that was possible uh, and needed a fresh challenge. Uh, so he went on to do some pick-up pick up and ASCAR racing, firstly at Rockingham, then on the circuit. Uh, he looked to get back into BTCC back in 2013, but chose the Ginetta Super Cup as he thought it, it was a too big a jump to go straight into the... Uh, British touring cars. Uh, unfortunately at that point he was diagnosed with ul- ulcerative colitis uh, which after a struggle duly overcame him uh, and in 2014 and 15 he underwent three major operations involving a complete bowel removal. Uh, at the time he wasn't even expecting to get back in any form of race car uh, but in 2016 he went back to the Ginetta GT4 Super Cup uh, built his strength back up, back up along with his fitness and got close to the grid in 2018 where he had a test weekend at Knock Hill uh, and after that taster he had to make it happen in 2019 um, so the answer to, to our question was the driving determination to come back from a life-threatening situation is what made him want to get into the British Touring Cars yeah, and I think that's something that we no, never really sort of see past the driver I mean there's a lot of drivers in the grid who probably do have backstories if you like mm. reasons for racing um, and you never quite know what's going on behind that crash helmet um, so it was very interesting to hear uh, certainly I wasn't aware of the uh, issues he's had with his health um, certainly not to that life-threatening degree no not at all and no 
obviously Colin Turkington, he had issues with his health, had to take a little while away from the sport and has come back. Um, but yeah, Carl Bordley is a relatively unknown quantity in this in this state. Um, so it was it was great to have that openness from him and insight into what he's actually been through and the challenges that he's had to overcome to get to this stage. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, do you want to do question two? Yeah, moving on to question two, we wanted to know what his ideal goal for this season was. Uh, and his response was to win the Jack Sears uh, trophy, in his own words, that would be magic. And I think he's got a really good chance. Yeah, I think bringing in the BMW 1 Series this year, um, he's got a great opportunity. We know how much pedigree that car has. Uh, and I think it will be one that will push him much further up the grid than what he experienced last season in that dire Volkswagen. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it's a good goal for him and something that he could possibly achieve. Yes, yeah, so the Jack Sears trophy, for anyone who's not familiar, is open to any driver who hasn't scored a podium uh, in their BTCC career. I think Dan Camish won it two years ago because yeah. he was debuting the championship um, and obviously hadn't won a podium at that point. Uh, so, yeah, Carl Baldy will be among a number of drivers competing for that this year. And out of those competing, I'd argue he's probably got the best car beneath him. Perhaps yeah, Sam Osborne. Perhaps Sam Osborne in the Honda Civic might also have a shot. Yeah. But big battle for the Jack Sears this year. Yeah, certainly will do. Uh, question three. Taking the BTCC as red, what was his favourite racing series as a racer and a spectator yeah and unsurprisingly the uh, response was as a racer it is impossible to bypass the BTCC fair comment uh, it's just sublime in every aspect in his own words uh, but as a spectator he loves to watch NASCAR which was a slight surprise as I'm I don't think I've ever watched NASCAR uh, a little surprise although if you look at his racing background less of, less of a surprise to me um, he's very used very much used to the hot rods and oval racing and I can understand why that gives him so much excitement. Um, obviously, the racing in NASCAR is quite a lot closer than most other motorsports. Um, BTCC probably aside, uh, so it, it probably has the most entertainment value. Have you ever watched NASCAR? I've watched bits and pieces Have of you? NASCAR. Um, there are some awesome, awesomely massive crashes, um, but it's still for me roundy roundy racing. <laughs> I think that. From my view, and it's difficult to talk, so I've never actually watched it. I imagine it's something that's much better live, actually at the event, than it is on the telly. Yes, I would imagine very much because it is such an Americanized event. But also, the cars are properly quick. Yes. So I think you, I don't think you probably see that on the telly. Just how it, there's a danger. I suppose you think it's just roundy, roundy racing. Mm. But I suppose when you're actually there live and you see the speeds they're yeah. going at, yeah, I can understand. Uh, question number four. We asked him, why did you elect to take on the BMW 1 Series for the season uh, instead of the standard Team Hard VW Passat CC? Uh, so he felt that the VW had seen its day uh, and the option of the proven product came along and in his words he had to give it a go, uh, which I think is completely right. When you get that option of having a champion, previously championship winning car come along and we know that it's still a relatively competitive car on the grid, more so than that of the Volkswagen, as we've seen Stephen Jelly prove for the last couple of seasons, he was right. Absolutely, I think I think he's right. When you get a, a car like that come along, you have to be able to take it on if if you can. Um, I'm slightly surprised that no one else went for it. Um, you look at potentially other independents. Okay, I know that Simpson has ultimately elected not to come back, mm. but I'm surprised that he hadn't potentially looked to make that switch to the car. 
Um, but I think it's a real coup for uh, Bordley and Team Hard and a real chance for them to push on uh, as a team, uh, push for some top 10 finishes and if cards fall right, you can quite easily see it on the podium. Jenny's put mm. that on the podium yep. and of race wins with, with, with things going right for him. Um, so it, it's not impossible to see that. I think when it all came along, we were quite surprised to see the announcement because we know how much that the team hard have always run the same car within that team through three different, four different drivers. Yeah. To bring that brand new car to them in was quite a shock, but I think it will work quite well for him. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Uh, moving on to question five, we asked him which is your favourite circuit on the current BTCC calendar and why? Yep, so the response was, this is difficult as I enjoy them all for many varying reasons, but if you have to pick one, and he's in my camp here, uh, he'd have to pick Knock Hill. Uh, it's a short lap, very frantic, and you do really have to grab the car by the scuff of the neck and commit, and I would agree with that. I think that certain Knock Hill is one of my favourite tracks on the calendar. Yeah, it's very very tight, very technical, and if you make a mistake there, you're going to lose a lot of time. Yeah, it's um, very So difficult. he's right, you definitely have to commit to it. It's a lot of fast corners as well. Fast, yeah. complicated, left, right, left, right corners. And, and the gradient changes throughout the lap are something that we probably only see at Brands, maybe? Yeah, and to a lesser extent, perhaps, at somewhere like Croft yeah. uh, at Alton Park, where you have small areas of the circuit. But I think you're right, the gradient changes, as a, I mean, they change almost every corner. I mean, yeah. Donington Park, you've got the craning curves, but that's the only kind of elevation change there. Whereas you really do have uh, Duffer's Dip being a great example of, of that. Cha- the elevation changes mid corner, let alone yeah, no. <laughs> let alone circuit wide. Um, I certainly think Knock Hill is one of my favourites on the calendar. Uh, question number uh, six: We asked him if you weren't a race driver, what career would you likely have had? Uh, so the response was that is where I'm different to most. Racing for me isn't a career. He runs a family business which takes up most of his time. Fortunately, he has some great partners on board who support him. Uh, but it's still hard work dedicating enough time to both. And that's something that we don't see many drivers on the grid sort of like playing with nowadays in having a, a career outside of the motorsport. I think it's something that we don't see. I think there's a lot more mm. that we probably don't know about. It wasn't until recently I realised that uh, Michael Creese has a plumbing business mm. he runs, for example. Uh, I think certainly with your top-end team drivers, then no. Um, but I mean, Rob Collard did... I don't know if Aiden, does. Aiden Moffat does. Yeah, he he's runs got a Korean lorry service. Yep, yeah, uh, Proctor's got Proctor Plant Hire. Yeah. Colin did have a scrapyard of memory service. I think right. he still does. Still does. Um, Plato has probably a Monaco club he has to <laughs> uh, keep 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 up with. Uh, and Matt Neal has worked in with Team Dynamics in the factory before. Mm. But certainly to have your own business, I think, is slightly different. But I imagine there's quite a few on there who do have their own businesses on the side we just don't hear no. about um, so much I don't know if you're allowed to have your own business sponsor you I'm not sure if that's something that's allowed or not um, no I don't know that's a good one actually I'm I don't not know. sure I don't know because I know that when Dave Pinkney was chairman of Luton Town he had a Luton Town shirt across the front of the Honda yeah. Integra or has he moved on from the Integra at that point I can't remember he definitely had a Luton Town shirt on the front but I'm not sure if you are what the rules are on that actually um but yeah, I think there's probably a couple on there who have got pieces that we don't necessarily know about. Yeah, I, I wonder whether GKR scaffolding is solely related to Bobby Thompson, whether that is his business or family business mm-hmm. that then sponsors his car. Quite possibly so. Um, um, 
Moving on to question seven now. We asked him if he had any pre-race rituals. Yeah, so you often hear some drivers have these really wacky ones. They have to put yeah. on the right boot first, followed by the left glove or what have you. Or they have to have a lasagna before. Yeah, there's always listen to certain music. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Carl um, just put his gloves on. Uh, his response <laughs> was, uh, only that I put my gloves on after getting in the car. So he gets in the car first, gloves gone after that. Yeah. yeah. Some it's... people swear by their rituals. I think... David Beckham had some really interesting ones in football, including, I think I read he used to salute magpies as well and would try and <laughs> see so many before a game. Um, but some people have these rituals, some people say, just get in the car and drive. It's very much each to their own, um, and it works for some drivers. Some drivers are probably quite superstitious about it, Yeah. Um, but for me, Carl doesn't particularly come across as that. No, uh, so some people have really convoluted routines. Yeah. <laughs> this one, just get in the car, get the gloves on, go race. Uh, question number eight was uh, we are very much used to seeing you in a BTCC car but what is your daily drive and what would be your dream car so this question was asked a couple of weeks ago so obviously it may have changed since then Um, (laughs) but when we asked him this question the answer was Uh, my day to day drive is a Range Rover although since acquiring the 1 Series I've secured a deal with Cooper's BMW in Colchester uh, very close to where he lives Uh, who have supplied him with varying cars to use. Currently he has an M2 competition on the drive, which certainly isn't slow. Now I've seen a couple of these out on my delivery, luckily enough, and they are mean looking cars, the BMW M2s. they are. I've also seen on his Instagram today that he's had a 1 Series delivered. That wouldn't surprise me. But I'm not sure if that's a test of what I said at the time of asking, that was what we had, but on his Instagram today there's been a new BMW on there as well. Uh, but yeah, the M2, M2 is a yeah, ferocious Tasty, looking car. They make really good looking aggressive cars, BMW. They do, although I'm not so keen on the new ones that are being released. But that's, that's for a time. Uh, the grills are too big on the brand on the new, yeah. newish, M, yeah. Yeah, newish BMW. But yeah, another, that's our Top Gear show, <laughs> that, not the uh, BTCP. Uh, moving on to question nine. What are your guilty pleasures in terms of music, food and TV? Yep, so like many parents, uh, music-wise, he'll go with anything uh, with varying styles, but he does have to draw the line at some of the rubbish his daughters listen to. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, food for me is steak and chips, although I love a curry. Good man. Uh, telly is football, especially when Leeds are on. Well, there's, everyone's got their weak spots. Pars, yeah. yeah, weak spots. Uh, hopefully for Carl, of course, Leeds will be coming up to the Premier League with Bielsa next season. I find it quite interesting that he is a Leeds supporter, considering he lives down near Ipswich. Yeah, but you support Everton, I support Liverpool, we live in Cambridge. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, usual kind of stuff. Uh, I do also love curry. Yeah can't beat a curry and steak and chips to be fair I had that the other night and that's what kids are listening to these days I've got no idea I was going to say unfortunately I can only listen to uh, Radio 1 while I'm on my uh, delivering round at work and some of the stuff that comes on I'm wondering where music has gone these days well yeah um, I almost want Frozen back to what some (laughs) things are these days Uh, and Finally then, question number 10 uh, was, do you have any interests away from the B, uh, BTCC? Now, as he had already mentioned, football, one of his passions, being a lead supporter. He also likes to go out and play golf. Um, and, of course, spending time with his lovely family. Yeah. Um, he, he does really come across as a family man. We've seen his daughters on, uh, or pictures of his daughters on uh, his race helmet in the past. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if that's going to be on the one for the new season ahead. 
Um, I've not seen the only helmet I've seen so far is uh, Kamish's. Uh, yeah, I've not seen any other helmets so far. No, we m- must also say that obviously his BMW has come out with a fantastic livery for this season. Yeah, possibly the most striking livery on the grid, being in that sort of like matte gold. Color. I look forward to seeing it quote live either at yes. an event or on the TV. Yeah. Um, in the field, yeah, but it's it certainly not going to be difficult to spot. No, 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 it'll be fairly easy to see. Um, but yeah, it certainly looks good. And we'd both like to say a massive thank you to Carl for taking yeah. the time out to respond to us. It's very, very appreciated. Um, and yeah, uh, all the very best wishes for the season ahead. Yeah, fantastic to, to hear from him. And hopefully, throughout the season, we might be able to lure a few more drivers for an interview. See what we can do. So moving on to the news roundup section of the pod, and there has been some big news this week. Uh, last week we brought you the news that Andrew Jordan wasn't going to be racing, and unfortunately there are further casualties to the BTCC grid. Uh, PMR have taken the decision to pull themselves from this year uh, and carry over all sponsors etc. to 2021 and focus on that year. Um, but they have said that we'll be doing a series of uh, guest drivers in the Astra uh, for selected events throughout the season. Yeah, as we understand it, um, Jason Plato's contract carries over until next season, yep. um, and he'll be guaranteed to drive with them. Uh, Matt Jackson, of course, was meant to be coming back this season to the British Touring Cars, and he will have first option on next year's place. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if he takes them up on that. I have a theory, but we'll go there. Yeah. Um, and so, as you said, there will be guest drives throughout the season from drivers that may not have been able to make the grid due to financial issues or other complications. Um, wondering whether there might be a certain Mr. Andrew Jordan having a little a little outing at one event, maybe. Um, but yeah, they, they said that it was the right decision for the team and all the partners um, because of all that's been going on. Uh, and I also think it's probably to possibly get ahead in the development race. I think that's part of it. Uh, I did re- read a separate interview with Plato where he said that you know, for him, his parents are both in their 70s and an integral part of what he does. If he goes racing, he then has to shield from them. Um, so it's, I think part of it's to do with not being able to, similar to Jordan, not being able to fulfil what they were hoping to fulfil contractually-wise. Uh, I know PMR do a lot of hospitality. Um, obviously, they're not going to be able to... They have their tents are full every weekend, yeah. uh, Saturday and Sunday. So if they can't do the hospitality side of things as well, that plays a huge part in what they do and what they're about. Um, and I think part of it probably is also, as you say, to just look ahead to 2021. And also you've got to look at the cost. You've got rounds coming weekend after weekend after weekend. If you have a big shunt, yeah, uh, there's a big possibility you have a shunt one weekend, you won't make the next weekend, you won't have time to repair the car or funds to repair the car. Yeah, unfortunately, I think this season we may see a couple of drivers pull out from certain weekends due to possible accident damage or just not being able to find the funds to possibly go up to somewhere like Knock Hill because yeah. that is a long way to do either after a weekend or before the next weekend. Notwithstanding, of course, that Scotland are still a couple of weeks behind England in lockdown yeah. uh, deregularisation. Um, but yeah, the PMR thing is, is sad. Um, I think we'll see some interesting uh, guest drivers I wonder if they're going to go down the route of previous drivers we'll see Hunter Abbott maybe have a drive or mm. we're going to get James Martin who's a close friend of Jason Plato in the car mm. uh, or as you say will we see somebody like an Andrew Jordan I'm looking forward to seeing who does take mm. take place in the car as for Matt Jackson there is I suppose technically a spare seat at BMW 
Hmm, and yeah, he has driven the BMW he, before. I, yeah. I don't want to put one and one together and get seven, but you'd have thought that WSR would be looking to run that fair car if at all possible. Yes, I, I think they will be. Um, although I can un, I can kind of understand if they wouldn't to lower their running costs. Possibly, but it, I suppose it depends how much money one can bring yeah. to that to run that car. Um, there's no firm deal or any, or any even mutterings in place really but uh, it wouldn't completely surprise me if we don't see Jackson in that car this season well moving on to further news um, as we as most of you probably know uh, there has been the Snatterton tyre test that has also been run in line with the Cosworth engine and hybrid engine um, test in the team Speedworks Corolla uh, run out by Darren Turner as we announced last week and yeah it seems like there haven't been any major issues No, nothing to write of note um, and it will be interesting to see how much press they release around it or whether they'll keep it under wraps for now I found it interesting that they did the test at the same time as the, the uh, tyre mm. test because there's going to presumably be a fair window where they could have done this a bit quieter and behind closed doors so to speak um, engine sounds quite good for an electric car. I know a lot of people worrying that we're going to get like a fan sort of noise, but there's still a, a decent grunt to the engine. I was going to say there's there's still an internal combustion engine there. It'll just be an aid that hybrid part of it. I also find it really interesting that they're running it in the Corolla. I find that really interesting. Um, I know obviously Jap- Japan is a long say, way ahead in hybrid terms, but Honda. Yeah. Now, that is the only thing that I can see is that Toyota are probably the furthest ahead in respect to packaging a hybrid and combustion engine into one area. Um, but yeah, as you say, Honda are probably up there as well. Do we think, though, that if in the 2022 season Ingram wins a championship by a country mile, <laughs> there will be similar bashings on him like we've seen with BMW in recent years? Yeah. Uh, about having unfair advantages because I'm not suggesting any data will be shared at all but perhaps they because they know that car better than anybody else they can perhaps pick up on more subtle things that yeah. uh, other teams might not be able to I don't know uh, I, it'd be interesting to see how that progresses in 2022 I think it, the only thing that comes across my mind is that that Corolla is the only car they can guarantee that would be there for 2022. That's fair. Whereas there may be new additions of the Civic, of the BMW, of all the others coming through. Yeah, that's That's, that's, that's the only thing that can come across my mind. I suppose also as well, when you look at it, that is probably, other than the BMW, the newest car on the grid. Yes. Isn't it? Oh, I suppose the current Ford as well, that's new. But but. (laughs) but again, the jury's still out on that. And I suppose to a sense, the jury's out-ish on the BMW well, I suppose they have the same time in it as as the Toyota, but yeah, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, so as we said, tyre test was also run, and we had 26, 26 28 runners. Uh, there are a couple of drivers stepping in for other drivers. Uh, Esme Hawkey, of note, was driving for MB Motorsport in place of Jake Hill for one day, and... I think also I saw on the timing screens one of Neil's sons was driving. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Um, which was interesting to see because I'm not quite sure what car he was in. 
Are you assume the Civic? I would assume the Civic, yes. Yeah. Um, I think the thing that stood out for me was that we questioned Rory Butcher going to Motorbase, considering he had a good car beneath him uh, where he was, um, and we were a little bit unsold on the Motorbase moving to a new car. Um, but actually, he did claim day one's bragging rights and put some pretty decent times in the whole two days, actually. Yes, he did. Um Surprising, as we said, it's a brand new car, um, and to hit the ground running as such like that. Although we must put a little little caveat in, it was mainly wet with a few mixed conditions in there. Yeah, but yeah, over the four sessions ran, he he put in consistently good times over the four sessions. Um, so he did seem to have the car hooked up in multiple conditions. Um, the other thing that shook me or surprised me rather. Uh, team accelerated pretty well as well in the Hyundai's over the four mm. sessions. Pretty good times for them. Um, certainly better than I expect them to be. New car out the blocks, um, having not tested since media day effectively. Yeah, I think it's encouraging for them. Um, as we saw on media day, they were looking fairly rapid as well. Um, it will be interesting to see how that also brand new car develops on the grid this season and equally uh, Goff also took one session as well um, which is encouraging for Hard um, we've, so we have had our doubts over the uh, competitiveness of the VW um, it's always a little bit hard to glean too much information from these tests of course because you don't know what teams are testing um, has anybody gone for a full race simulation for example has anybody gone for a qualifying simulation um, it's it's a bit like when we watch the F1 testing. Is there any sandbagging going on? I mean, it's not as easy in a BTC car as it is in the F1 car to sandbag, but you don't know what is being tested. So Dynamics, for example, might be testing the durability of the brakes, for example, mm. um, rather than anything else. And, of course, this being a tyre test, they may be running different compounds of tyre to yeah. see which is the most optimum and also running in wet conditions, I think that will have a greater effect on the spread of times. Yeah, that's also fair. So, encouraging signs for Butcher, um, and I'd be interested to see how it actually goes in race pace um, and in racing conditions, but some interesting results uh, throughout the timing sessions. Well, that rounds up the news for this week. Um, Again, we'll be back same time next week, uh, 7 o'clock on a Friday night, to bring you another update of the news. Another probably top five podcast next week. Yes, although now on the spot I couldn't name what we're doing, so you have to <laughs> tune back in. Um, and once again, we are very grateful for Carl taking time out of his incredibly busy schedule to answer some questions for us, um, for everyone listening. Yep, massive thank you to Carl for his commitment to us. Uh, we hope you have a good week. Uh, stay safe. Stay secure, and uh, we'll speak to you soon. Remember to subscribe, follow, and also share our podcast for more touring car updates. You can also find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook by just searching for BTCP, British Touring Car Podcast. And you can also contact us there or on our email at btccpod at gmail.com. 